Here we go. Mm. Drop your fire, boy. Open your ears and listen. Direction for your ambitions. New narrative. It's the community coalition. Jumel, Corey, and Dory here for the we'll. intervention. We've been letting it slide for too long. long. Hell not, no more slipping. Mm. Unity in the communities. That's how we rise up. Empowerment to self. as well. So wise up. No more fighting as individuals. We municipal. Change the forecast. This the podcast to listen to. You got a vision. We got a vision. Make it visible. Say we got to fight for our rights. Well, then enlist me. Yeah. All bite, no bark. Real we'll talk. Three, six. I think I'm gonna play this out of the road. I'm driving. Ah, yeah. Get you going in the morning. Can I just get that sent to me? Yeah, you can, man. You know what I'm saying? You can download, download that. Though. Apple Music, Google Play. Yeah. Man, I should have had my coffee this morning. I just went through two cups. Mm. I got to get me a coffee maker. <laughs> Can't do that coffee like that. <laughs> yes, sir. Yo, how y'all doing today? My name is Jamel Line, and this is Real Talk 360. 360, yes, sir. Today we got a special guest. We're going to get around to you. Right in front of me on my left. Oh, man. Straight out of Hartsville, South Carolina, country boy. That's right. Tell these people who you are, man. Man, my name is Will Robinson, man. Some call me pastor. Some call me Will. Some call me bishop. Um, But, hey, I'm just a man just trying to be the man sitting next to the man. Trying mm-hmm. to empower the other man. Ooh. I am my people's keeper, man. Yes, glad I to am. be here uh, on Real Talk Three Sixty with my boy, my family. Happened to? Yeah, buddy. Am I my brother's? Come on, I am my brother's keeper. I am my brother's you know keeper. That's right. Yes, sir. It became my people's That's keeper. What happened? Ha, <laughs> I had to put your drop in like, there. I like it. I like it. I to my left, <laughs> right in front of me. Yes, sir. Tell them where you're from, son. Tell them what your name is. What's up, man? I'm Andrew. AKA Coach Bethay, Coach Drew, Coach. whatever you want to call me, man. Um, I'm from Florence, South Carolina. Um, I'm just happy to be here, man. Um, I just um ready to hear some some you know inspiring words today, you know. Yeah. Just trying to, you know, educate, educate our kids, educate the community, man. Um, and uh once again, man, I'm just happy to be here, man. On another Saturday, God bless me to wake up Amen. and be here right now. You win it. Yeah, I'm so winning. We all win. Yep. And then from the middle of the country. My mind. That's the, the middle of the country. They call that me. I'm gonna let you introduce the Midwest. The Midwest. My homeboy. I'm gonna let him introduce him and his wife and tell him what they do. Jamel, Jamel, Jamel. <laughs> we go way back, man. We go way back. Um, we are the owners and operators of Northern Star Mortuary. Um, I am Scotty Hicks, and this is my wife of 28 years. Wow. Uh, Wendell Ray Hicks. Had to drop a bomb for that. That's right. That's right. That's all right. Black love. Black love. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. Um, she is the um, only minority female funeral home owner in the state of Kansas. Oh, wow. And that is um, duly licensed. She's a mortician. Um, Funeral director as well as embalmer. She is our chief embalmer. Oh wow! And, um, um, head funeral director in charge here at Northern Star Mortuary. Um, she's also the only minority female owner um, that has two funeral homes. Come on! Um, mm. 
we started this journey back in uh, well I, I joined I, I joined the journey back in uh, September 18 1992 and um, on our first date I asked her I said what do you see yourself in five years and she took a deep breath now keep in mind this is a um, senior in high school mm. she took a deep breath and she laid out this plan to become the only the first minority uh funeral oh, homes in Manhattan. And uh, her goal was to do that by the time she turned 32 years old. Oh wow. wow. So we started this journey, and um 40 days before her 32nd birthday, she became the uh only minority female owner in the state of Kansas. That's big. That's okay. Big, That's okay. awesome. Well, you go ahead and introduce yourself because I don't know what you're going to say now. What? <laughs> I, you know, I don't know what to say now. He didn't say it all. So, yeah, I, um, I'm Gwendolyn Wright Hicks, born and raised in Manhattan, Kansas. And um, this journey was basically given to me. This vision was given to me at the age of 16. Uh, I was sitting in psychology class my junior year in high school. I said, okay, Father, I have one more year. What are you going to have me to do? And he gave me the vision of ownership and was like the vision of the funeral industry. I said, okay, well, wait a minute. Pause on that because <laughs> me and dead people, I mean, I just wasn't right into, you know, dead people. But the thing was, I'm the oldest out of three. So my mother was the musician at the church at our home church so whenever a loved one whenever we had a congregant pass away i was always with my parents and it got to the point where i was really scared of death i didn't want to deal with it because at the age of six i had a very traumatic experience um i was at my un great uncle's funeral back in i think about 84 85 and the old standard was to roll the casket to the front of the pew where the family sits. Everybody else gets the opportunity to walk around. Well, that opportunity didn't come <laughs> to me because I'm sitting in the front row as a six-year-old. And now the film directors are slowly, very, very slowly walking this casket past everybody and then get to me. And I'm like, you know what? I'm about to jump this pew. <laughs> I can't do this. But it got to the point where we, we started having friends dying in middle school right. and, you know, death was basically all around. And my junior year in high school, it was like, you know what? I've got one more year. What are you going to have me to do? Because I don't want to be out here lost. I need some direction. I, I need some kind of guidance. I mean, don't get me wrong. I had very good discipline in the household. My mother was a music teacher. I come from a long line of educators. So it was just, what am I going to do with my life? Well, when I got my calling, it was, hey, the vision of ownership, the vision of the funeral industry, and my steps had already been ordered. It was for me to take it upon myself to go through that journey and get that training that I needed. So, okay. yeah. That's good. That's good. Hey, we got to get some. Yes, sir. <laughs> That's right. That's big stuff. Not just one, but two. It's big, right? <laughs> but um, you know, I talked to Scotty 
a month ago he sent well a month ago he sent me some videos we seen some videos and um he was telling me about the experience that they get in the funeral home after the person died and um which I, i never thought of that you know i never thought of that but then he was telling me about the things that come especially i don't want to take this you know we stopped using the um the phrase black on black crime mm-hmm. a while ago we never said we had never said but it's still we are still saying it and we are still the ones that's dying and doing it to each other right senseless death in the black community you know right and one thing that he he told me is it was like and i heard this too after you die you don't have to worry about what you did i mean after you die you don't have to worry about what goes on after that right you don't have to um worry about the burden that it has on your family right and what we're seeing now and we've been saying it for a long time you know if you're young mm-hmm. you're not worrying about what happened after, after death. death that's right you right. know what i'm saying yeah. Because in our community, I never wanted to talk about dying because I, I, I was thinking I was going to live forever. Right. You know what I mean? I'm probably going to be the last one to die. For the most part, nobody did. Yeah. So, yeah. and it was kind of scary. Mm-hmm. You know what I'm saying? Especially when you see a lot of funerals. But now when you look around, you see a lot of, in our community. As of last week, I said, I'm, I'm going to stop attacking the, what we call the oppressor. Mm. I'm gonna stop attacking him and build my people. Right. You know what I'm saying? Because what what's been happening with us been happening for a long time. Right. And we always talk about it and talk about it. We're always gonna be considered something else besides a one, the master race or something. But we're gonna have to deal with that. We're gonna have to deal with it. Yeah. And build with that. Yeah. Oh, you like that? That was yeah, cool. I like that. We gotta yeah, deal, deal with, with that and build with, with that. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, and I think definitely we can, we can, I mean, the responsibility, but the focus is not to continue to focus on the oppressor. Yeah. The oppressor planted the seed over us, that seed for us to be in this predicament that we're in, jealousy of hatred, division amongst ourselves and how we feel about ourselves and how we feel about each other. And so I think the responsibility is now for us to take ownership of that in some type of way in order for us to, um, to live and, and stop dying. Uh, I mean, it, it is crazy to, for us to, uh, like you said, um, continue to blame them while they're just sitting back and watching us and yeah. we keep doing it to ourselves. And and again, it, it sounds very idiotic for us to say, well, the, well, the, well, the white man, you know, it's, it's the system. No, my brother, it, it, it's you. No, think about what you're doing. Why did you, why did you just, why did, what made you that angry that you wanted to kill, kill him or to shoot her? What really? Come on, let's be, let's really think about that. Let's talk that out. What what are you really saying that's really causing you to say I want to take somebody else's life, especially your 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 um your own people's life, right? And to, and these days they that as Scotty I know y'all see it they're dying younger and younger and younger. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and see that that's a uh, that's actually a a a a strategy a technique to minimize your efforts to. Um, move forward, uh, I give you something to point at and blame for your conditions. Mm. As long as you're focusing on someone else and pointing your fingers at someone else, you're wasting time analyzing the position you're in and trying to figure out solutions to get out of it. So right. 
Mm-hmm. So it's a technique to keep you where you at. Um, I, here's something that I've started, you know, a question I've asked. Being that, you know, Jamel, we come from, we're military brats. We we, we understand the, the military, the post. Now, soldiers are doing one and two and three, four plus tours in war zones. And they're coming back and they're being diagnosed with PTSD. Our communities are war zones. Mm-hmm. I think a lot of what we are suffering from in our communities is post-traumatic stress syndrome. Mm. We, on top of that, not 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 only from uh, uh, um, the violence, but the condition that the state, the city, the public, the culture put on us too, because we also mm. uh, suffering from post-traumatic slave right. syndrome. Yeah. Right. Right. So um, as long as we are looking at the man, the man, the man is the reason I'm here. Yeah. We'll never start talking about solutions to get out. Yeah. And that's a technique to keep you where you at. So it's designed mm-hmm. when you get to our part of life. See, I like to tell pastors that we're actually that part of Sunday services that's not preached about. We the fork. We that part of the fork in the road that never go. That 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 the church never go down. Let me explain. <clears throat> Excuse me. Every church service, the basis of every church service is, you're going to die. Get ready. Mm-hmm. That is the basis of every service. Get ready. Get ready. When you get to that die point in the conversation, the church goes in the direction of how to prepare your soul for your mansion. Mm. The other leg of the fork that's never gone by is how to prepare your body to mm. celebrate your mm. life. I like it. Right. Yes, sir. Yeah. I like it. So, so we are we are no more than we're the ministers. This is our ministry. We are the ministry of, 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 of that message that's not talked about because wow. Regardless if you are a saint, if you don't have your arrangements ready, then you're not prepared. Not prepared. That's good. You're not prepared. One, the, the, the question we try to have everybody, you know, here's a simple question. If you know that you're going to, one day you're going to die. Eternal life is not on this planet. It's not that argument. I'm going to live forever. Okay. So here's the question. If you was to die right now, Who's in charge of uh, your disposition? Who will be the one go to the funeral home on your behalf? Correct. Mm-hmm. Do they have the money? That's Do they it. know what you want? Do you have insurance? Do you have insurance? Hey, yeah. what, one thing a lot of families don't realize is that if you have uh, several siblings, and uh, we 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 know of a, one of our colleagues that had the situation where two daughters. Uh, was that disagreement as to what to do with mom and mom was placed in a refrigerator for up to three years. Get out of here. If you want to cremate and your brother wants to bury and we, the funeral home decides to pick a side, the other side now has grounds to sue Uh because they are also the legal next to Ken. Mm. 
So when you have that disagreement, what the funeral home, well, what we do is we stop. Y'all figure that out. Y'all got to come up with an agreement. Y'all got to come up with a decision and a direction to go in. And then we move forward. As long as y'all sitting here arguing, well, mama, mama told me, mama told me, and yada, yada, yada. Y'all got to work that out. We're not going to move on that. Yeah. So with us not knowing, because we hardly we ever saw it come before us, is now I, um, a lot of people have what they do, what they call living wills. Mm-hmm. So at that time, you'll know what goes here and what goes there. Mm-hmm. Now you see that even in, in our community and when somebody passes away, instead of celebrating death, celebrate not now you mean to say celebrating death, celebrating their life. Mm-hmm. It's a whole it's a whole confusion before you get to the funeral. Right. Mm-hmm. Oh yeah. Mm-hmm. Especially when the person laying in the casket is the matriarch. It's oh, the yeah. one that has kept the family together, you would notice that a lot of families break apart after the funeral. Oh, yeah. there's, there's no one there to hold that family together again. You've yeah. lost that glue. Yeah. So the, you, the family is already fractured and splintered. Now it becomes distance. Yeah. Especially yeah. when if this seems like it happened when the grandmother dies. Right. Absolutely. When the grandmother dies, it seems like the whole the whole family just now we split up. Mm-hmm. And to mm-hmm. me now, it seems like sometimes the funeral is nothing but a um a family reunion. It is. That's all it is. It, it's a family reunion. That's the only time we get together. <laughs> and, we, yeah. and we keep saying to everyone, oh, we got to get together outside of this. Yep. And we never do. Because that's that's the one two. That's the that's the conversation. That's 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 the uh, nice things that you say. Oh. Doing, doing uh-huh. You're just trying to be nice. Uh-huh. Everybody's on this emotional roller coaster. The five stages of grief is real. Uh-huh. Come on. The yes. five stages of grief is real. Very real. Oh, and we gonna get to do get to that because men. He had a podcast where they they did with grief. Uh-huh. Now before we get to this, I want to take it. I want to take it back a little bit. Of you know, I want them to hear the video that I sent you and I sent y'all, oh, yeah. because before we get to the funeral, I think that the the young kids and everybody just need to hear this this funeral director. Okay, yeah. When he, when he started talking, because he he really impressed me. Mm-hmm. My name is Tyrone Muhammad. I'm a funeral director here in New Jersey, and I'm going to cut straight to the Yo. chase. I ain't going to sugarcoat nothing. I ain't going to give you a watered-down version. I ain't going to tell you something that's just popping. No, I'm going to give it to you real. If you ain't hear from nobody else that's telling you the realness, you ain't hear from nobody else. As a funeral director, you, you um, want to talk to those who just loving these brothers, these rappers, in fact. Rappers such as Rick Ross, rappers such as Lil Wayne, those out there having you falling in love with that nonsense, having fallen in love with thinking that that's reality when they're talking about violence. And, but they living other than that. See, they walking around with bodyguards and et cetera, and they got you out here gangbanging, got you out here shooting and killing one another. But listen, all that, the reality of it is, is when I see you, when I see you, it's over. It's over. It's over. Why? You're dead. You're gone, and not, and, you're, and you're dead because of foolishness, right? And you come in here all shot up, bullet holes everywhere, 
Um, you have you've been to the medical examiner. The medical examiner butch you up, chop you all up, gut you open, take all your heart, your organs, your 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 liver, your kidneys, your intestines. They remove your brain, gut you out. Yep. A gut cut you out. Now what happens? Now you leave off a cold environment there. You come to the funeral home. We put you on the cold embalming table. And while you're on that cold embalming table, we put cold embalming fluid in you, a cold water. See what I'm saying? And that, after all that, we're watching your cold blood run down the tables. Why? Because you fell in love with a fantasy. Mm -hmm. you, you fell in love with something that wasn't even real. See, they got they got you buying their products, and they're not even living that. Right. They're not even living that lifestyle. So right. they, they got you all thinking that that's real. No, that ain't real. Real is when your mother is before me. Real is when your mother can't afford to pay for your funeral. That's real it. is when I got a patch of those bullet wounds, them bullet wounds on you. <laughs> that's real. See, mm -hmm. see, that's real. See, Rick Ross ain't here to pay for your funeral. Mm -hmm. Rick Ross, Little Wayne and them ain't here to help your mother buy a casket to put you on the ground. No, it's your poor mother. Mm -hmm. See what I'm saying? I'm sick of it, man. Ain't ain't no ain't no damn outcry. Ain't, ain't nobody fed up. Ain't nobody care about you. Your homies don't give a damn about you. Why is that? Yeah, they homies on the street. But when it's come, when it's time to come in here to pay that bill, ain't nobody in here with your mother. Mm -mm. Your mother in here by herself, putting her little. And I've heard you say that, Scotty. Yes, yes. Let me tell you something. Yeah. Out of all all the funerals we've done, where there have been uh, whatever on the street, your reputation. Um, I think I've actually seen two funerals that um, the squad has actually come in mm -hmm. and, and stuck their hand in their pocket, and I got piles of cash on the table. Wow. That. And then, and then when you're on the street, you walk around with a knot, but all your money is stashed. Right. Your, your closest homeboy don't even know where your stash is because you don't trust him. Come on, mm. come on. You don't even your mama don't even know what it where it is because you don't trust her. Mm -hmm. mm. And now she's here, got to put together out of all your squad, everybody mm -hmm. in your squad, everybody in the, at the trap house, mm. got to put together a GoFundMe page, mm. right? Or, or, or try to or try to have a fish fry. Mm -hmm. yeah. And I'm here to tell you that takes care of direct cremation. That means that you come in when we matter of fact. That means that that uh, once the police finish gathering up their evidence out of the crime scene, the crime scene is wrapped up and sent to the coroner's office. Mm -hmm. The coroner's office is going to gut you like a fish. Anybody Down that has your pot, spinal cord. Anybody that has ever pulled a fish out of the water and took the hook out of his mouth and cleaned it and gutted it, that's what yes. the coroner's going to have. Mm -hmm. Every organ in you will be taken out. Your brain will be your extracted from your skull. Hold on. Wow, I don't. I heard her explain this. To, I, I want um Miss Hicks, yes, Miss, explain that how you explain that on that video. <laughs> you, you you ready? You ready? When, um, when ready. um and um when the police finished with you, I'm bring her back. Mm -hmm. They then gutted you, took your organs and things like that, mm -hmm. and they drop them off at Northern Star. Okay, so what like, happens next? What happens next is you are brought in in a body bag. So I'm gonna put you, lay you on my embalming table and take you out of this body bag. I'm going to assess the bullet holes, what trauma you have, and then I'm gonna wash you down. After I wash you down completely with soap and water, 
I'm now going to take my uh, scissors. I'm going to cut the incision where the medical examiner has already sutured you up. I'm going to fillet you open. I'm going to open you up. She said fillet. Fillet. <laughs> yeah. So, real I talk. mean, it is, it's real talk. So, I'm going to open you up. And your organs are in what we call a red biohazard bag. Okay? So, yeah. I've got all your guts and your brains and everything in this biohazard bag. And I'm going to pull it out from your body. Yeah. Okay? And as I open it up, I can see your liver. I can see everything. And now I've got to transfer this these organs, what we call viscera. They're called viscera in the scientific word. But the organs are now transferred into what we call a viscera pail. So now I've got a plastic, a plastic bag inside the viscera pail. I'm going to transfer uh -huh. all your organs along with the blood inside this viscera pail. And now I've got to what we call flour. Your cavities kind of like flour and chicken, right? So yeah. I've got a special hardening compound I'm going to put inside this bag along with your brain, your sternum, your rib cage, all of that. So I'm putting it inside this bag and I'm going to shake it up. I've got to preserve it. So now I put that to the side. I got to come back and I got to find all your arteries. I got to look for your two common carotids, your axillary in your arm, and then a femoral in your leg. So I got a six point injection. I've got you open. I'm cutting the arteries. I've got my, my solution already ready. So now I'm going to take what we call a cannula. And it's an instrument that we use. We hook up to the embalming machine. And so I'm going to hook this cannula up to the embalming machine. I've cut your common karate. And now I'm going to insert up because now I've got to preserve your head. Okay. So we're going to do go through both common carotids. I'm going to embalm your head. As a matter of fact, keep in mind now, you have been cut from ear to ear. So I'm going to extract. I've got to bring your face over. Okay. Yeah. Literally, if I'm cut, I'm bringing my face over. I've got everything exposed. Your brain is gone, but I see the hole, the foramen magnum, where your spinal cord and your brain stem connect, right? Well, within that hole, I've got to make sure that I clamp off certain arteries so we don't get fluid to basically shoot back at us. We got to protect ourselves from the fluid. Wow. So you really open and I got to make sure you firm up. So I'm injecting up. That's done. Now I got to go through both your axillaries to make sure your hands and your arms are fully preserved. So I'm going down. I'm injecting down. Then I got to get to your femorals. Your femorals are in the leg area. So now I've got the femoral but since you're completely open, we got what's called common iliac. So your common iliac is where your femorals bifurcate. So I can literally take my cannula and stick my uh, my cannula inside this this um, common iliac and go ahead and inject both your femoral arteries. I'm done with that, but keep in mind, I'm not done yet because now the flaps, let me stand up a little bit, the flaps of your body have not been embalmed yet. So now I got to take what we call a trocar, a long instrument with the point. And what I got to do is basically jam this trocar inside your rib cage, inside your skin, because I got to get down to your butt area. I got to make sure your back is preserved. I just got to make sure everything is going to be preserved. So once your loved one comes in and sees this final presentation, that you are all together, because now after I have embalmed you, and what I like to do 
Just let the, let the body set overnight with the yeah. bottom fluid. That way it can pink up. I know I got the distribution, but what I'm looking at on the inside of you, I see your sp spinal column. That's the only thing I see now, your spinal column. So we got to preserve all of this. Now, now let me let me go back to something. Mm -hmm. uh, what do you have? The jigsaw puzzle, you got to take skull bone out, and you got to take and see, that's the breastplate out, and you got to put that, you got to attach that back to the body. I have to attach back to the body. So, mm -hmm. <laughs> so it's a lot. How long? What's the time? Yeah. What's the time frame on this entire process? I know you said sitting down the body to sit for twenty four hours, and I've had a chance to to uh, to work a little bit, um, you know, in the funeral business with college, and so mm -hmm. um, you know, just you know, getting to know the business a little bit. But what's that time frame? Your technique? How long does that take? Especially with having to put those organs back together again. Sound like Humpty Dumpty, but go. No, no it's, it's 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 not putting the organs back together. Uh -huh. Only thing you taking out is 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 out of the bag, visceral bag is uh skull bone. Skull. You have to glue them back together so okay. you form your skull and your breastplate. Uh -huh. Uh your intestines and everything, it's gonna be in a bag. It's, Probably some cat litter, mm -hmm. some sawdust to keep it from soak up that moisture to keep it from leaking and smelling because you don't want any because decomp can start in also so you you don't want the mm -hmm. organs to smell you got to preserve them to keep it decomping. Now is that going back into the body? No. Yeah. Well, now <laughs> hold on, it can go back in the body, but what I do because I don't want any leakage. Right. Yeah. My thing is I'm going to preserve the organs and then I'm going to put them in a box. I'm gonna take the box up and I'm gonna put it at the end of your casket. It's gonna be at your feet. It's gonna be at your feet. Oh Jesus Christ. That's so so, so yeah. when you see the body, uh -huh. so when you see the body at a funeral, that's yeah, it's <laughs> you, in you, you see a body at a at a funeral that has been um has gone to the uh corner and there has been an autopsy. Uh -huh. In some cases, you can look at that casket and know that uh all the insides are in a box at the foot of the casket. Mm -hmm. I got you. It on, and and, and it, it depends on that on, on that particular embalmer's technique. Right, because I yeah. have put you know the visceral back in the body. Mm -hmm. No problem with that. But I just rather put them at the end of the casket and then I hate to use the word stuff, but I'm going to replace it with some um newspaper or some cotton, you know. Right. Because yeah. then we just don't want any issues with the body. So I'd rather do what we need to do to keep to keep to, to present that body to the family in a natural way. And yeah. and to keep keep the family from walking up to the casket in the church and smelling a foul odor. Right. Yeah, I got you. And so check this out. I know some people, some people, they bury they bury their people like in two or three days, right? Right. We, we might be a week or two. <laughs> right, right, right. We got to get money to we get, get money together. We got to make sure everybody, you know, everybody can come. And, you know, everybody might not be able to come within two or three days. Right, right. right. So, so y'all just, just keep your body there. Now, and, 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 and that depends on, yeah, that, de that, that depends on, on, on the embalmer, man. And, and when it comes to a funeral home, that's where most of your that's 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 the bulk of your work because if you are not presenting loved ones in a way that the families are pleased in this industry we call 
we call it putting out monsters. Mm. Oh uh, yeah. Yeah. You know, you walk up there and, and, and mom don't, I don't even know who this person is, mm-hmm. you know, or, you know, mom was a very light skinned person and now they just very dark skin. Very dark skin, yeah. You know, it, that depends on you and Bomber. Mm-hmm. That depends on because you you have a lot of I won't say a lot, but you will find places where um the process is on that of an assembly line. Mm-hmm. Just because we got so many. So we just sticking them, filling them up, mm-hmm. moving them along because we got another one to do. Right. So that's that's how that becomes. And and you lose a lot of um, you you lose that touch of passion, and yeah. you know we, one of the things we have the ability to do we work with um, Kansas City Kansas Community College, and uh, actually where the where my wife graduated from out of Mortuary Science Department there, and we speak to a business class twice a year that is a required class for mortuary art students. So that gives us an opportunity to take an overview of the class, the students, ask them questions, engage with them, and, and, and basically interview them where we handpick our students the, to train. One of the things that we're looking for is those who, who, uh, who are passionate about it, and we bypass those who are just looking to make money. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, I, got a, I got a question I want to ask to both of y'all. Do, do you have something you want to say, Drew? I mean, you see- now, I just got one question. So when y'all doing these procedures, when when they bring the body and all this, the, the organs are out, is that for uh, what I'm trying to say? Do y'all do that? That's just for cases where people get shot and uh, the cops, you know, have you do do all what they got to do. Do y'all also have to do that like for a regular funeral? natural cause funeral do y'all take the guts and do all that stuff also or, or it's different it's different because you have to keep in mind when it comes to homicide suicide um any suspicious death that's where the coroner's going to call the inquest to do the autopsy so now we got the medical examiner involved where they're doing the autopsy on the gunshot victim or um suicide victim suspicious death so that's where that particular um, procedure comes in with the autopsy. Now, if a person passes away of a natural death, cancer, um, kidney disease, anything like that, then that's where the, we don't need the coroner. We don't need okay. the autopsy, okay? Mm-hmm. However, now keep in mind, anything like that, then we, that's do where the, we don't need the coroner. We don't okay. need the autopsy, okay? Mm-hmm. However, autopsy, okay? Mm-hmm. However, mm-hmm. okay? So, however, with a natural case, the family, now keep in mind, some families may say, well, hey, it was a suspicious death. We don't know what our loved one died of. Okay, you can have a private autopsy done, but that's going to cost you between three to $5,000. Okay, so, I mean, if the coroner is going to call the inquest into the death, let the medical examiner handle it. And if it's not necessary, then don't do it. Don't do it. Don't do it. Um, another thing, and it may be off topic, but if you all are a, you know, organ donor, mm. it's that's just as just mm. as much work that we have to do on that end as well. So it's mm. like have, having an autopsy case, but when you're a donor, 
They extract your long bones from your arms, your legs. They skin your back. So, I mean, there's another topic there too, y'all. I got it. And I'm going to come to that. I'm going to come straight to that. But I want to look at this, right? Uh Okay, y'all as um, (laughs) two African Americans in the business that y'all in, especially you, Scotty, you know, when you see just outrageous numbers of black African Americans coming to the Northern Star Mortuary. Uh Explain to me how you feel as a black man when you keep seeing these young brothers coming here just, you know, their life is just, you know, you did, you waste, I ain't gonna say you wasted your life, but your life could have lasted longer, it had more meaning to it. But you see, only thing you see is, yo, I'm, I'm burying my people and burying my people, burying my people. How does that make you feel? To bury my people, the young people, the senseless violence. Yeah. I mean, um, Jamel, we 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 ran the ran around the block together. Yeah, <laughs> you know we uh we got some stories I don't care to talk about right now in the presence of my wife, but uh, <laughs> you know <laughs> they 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 are um there's there's a whole lot of whole lot of reason that go into why we in the state we in now. Mm-hmm. Whole lot of reason, whole lot of factors, you know. You can't take no sermon out there on the streets and talk to uh, uh, the, the, the young men in the streets because they don't hurt all of it. They're not. They're not trying to. Yeah. Hear. You know, one one of the things that we do is okay. Let's let's try a different approach. Uh, moms, you got these these the 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 little knuckleheads that you're trying to keep out of the streets. Young people, you're trying to keep out of the streets. Even the ones who are in the streets. Here's here's it's it's not a, a it's not a one size fit all, but it's something that can, you know, make some type of an impact. Say it, brother. Say it. Say it. That is, come to the funeral home. Mm-hmm. You, you know, you told a pistol. You you ain't afraid to shoot. You ain't afraid to kill. Yada yada yada. You know what being about that life brings? It brings death. Come on. You know, you are a deliverer of death. So you know, uh, everybody who around you that. Are capable, they also capable of delivering it to you. Mm-hmm. Okay, uh, you ain't scared of any uh, scared of anything. You oh. hardcore. Come sit down and pick out your casket. Right. Mm-hmm. Come sit down and tell me who you want to eulogize over your funeral. Mm-hmm. Come and sit down and, and and really have the thought who you want as your pallbearers. Mm-hmm. What do you want people to say about you? What what are your accolades? What do you what do you what do you want to be celebrated? This is your last party. Mm-hmm. Everybody out there that's about that life, they love the party. This mm-hmm. is a la- this is your last party, and you are the theme of the show. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Now we have to dress you up. Now yeah. come and come and, and and tell us what what do you want to be dressed in? Um, <laughs> yeah. um, where where do you want to to lay in the cemetery underneath the tree? Or you want to be over there by the bushes, or you want to be on the mantle in a in a in a urn, or do you want somebody to ride down the streets, ride down the block, roll the window out, and and spread your ashes down the block? Right. What do you want? What do you want? Getting a person in that chair and thinking about those particular things, the impact that it has the power to have is 
if we can't do business, we can agree to disagree, but we don't have to go to war. Mm-mm. Yeah. Because I I can't work with you. I'm cool with that. And I don't want to say I can't work with you and then go lay in this casket that I done picked out. Yeah. I'm not in a hurry to get there. Oh, sir. So let's have that conversation. Every It's, it's amazing to me that uh, you got a cat that'll pull his pistol out and shoot you quick, but he don't have it in him to sit there and talk to have a conversation about death and dying. Because <laughs> he ain't never seen it. Yeah. Never. Yeah. Nine times out of 10. Nine times out of 10, in the process of squeezing the trigger, you're running in the opposite direction. Come on. Mm-hmm. You know, you, you you see the person fade out, but you ain't, you don't see them on the table. No. That whole process you yeah. just talked about. You don't you, see that, huh? Yeah. So, 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 you know, my thing is, is here's your TikTok challenge. <laughs> you hardcore. Let's see how hard you are. Come pick out your casket. Mm-hmm. Pick it up. That's strong. And got a question. And since your mama and your homie, your closest homie, don't know where your stash is, <laughs> come pay for your funeral. Come on, yeah, come yeah. On, you got it now. You already got it. They do it right. Right. Yeah. Right. Already, yeah. You got it. Come pay your funeral. That way, if you do fall in the street, your mama is not on the verge of being evicted. Mm. Come on. And, and, and your homies don't do not have to stand and ask no questions of how come you didn't get evicted. You sure. don't have family members scrambling, yeah. gambling to try to have fish fries. Yeah, you just put something together for you. So and and you pay for your own homegoing celebration. Right. Yeah. yeah, you pay for your last party, your big hurrah. Mm. So pay. one one thing, right? Since I got you, I got y'all over there, right? Mm-hmm. When they get to you, now this violent death that draws a lot that that um draws a lot of trauma. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Now you got to go talk to their family, will you? Yep. Mm-hmm. Yep. And I didn't mean to put you on the spot. Oh, no, you good? But I got one to do tomorrow. Yeah, but what do you say? <laughs> it's it's a senseless death. Now, it's, listen, it's a just like to a certain degree. It's not um, you got to toil over, you know, developing a message for Sunday morning. Mm-hmm. Developing a message for a death, especially when it's senseless, that's a whole different dynamic. Your your mind, your your thinking, and your your mind, your frame has to be in a whole nother place. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Because again, like he like Brother Hicks said earlier, they already heard you know the sermons in the streets. Mm-hmm. So now I got to find a way to grasp you why I got you at that moment. Because again, not only is it that brother or sister's final call, you know your homeboy's final call. But at the end of the day, this could be your final call right here. Because I might not get an opportunity to speak to you again. Mm-hmm. I might not get an opportunity to share with you again. So now you got to deal with, there's a, it's a pie chart. I got to deal with um, your homies, your, your the community. I, then I got to deal with your mama and maybe your baby mama and your children. Mm-hmm. Now I got to deal with, you know, other family members. So it's mm-hmm. a whole lot of different dynamics that play, you know, a whole role in that. Mm-hmm. And you got to make sure that you're sensitive to that senseless act in order for you to have an impact in that moment to change somebody's life. And yeah, so you're talking you. about going, now, now you, even with that, and hey, Brother Hicks said, you're talking about preparing your, your own death. I, and, I, and again, when I say this, I'm not trying to be, because again, there's issues everywhere, but there's also good in some in all those other places. Mm-hmm. So again, you ain't, you know, you ain't, I don't go to church like that. 
I don't deal with, deal with preachers like that. Then why you want to have your funeral at church? Oof. I'm, yeah. I'm, I'm just saying. I mean, you know, let's let's we want to talk about shots yeah. fired. We want to talk about capping. I mean, I'm just yeah. being honest. I'm not saying. I'm, so so again, prepare that. Say what you want to have. You want to have it at at the club, at the lounge where you was at. You know, set those things up and have it have it in that department. Right. Right. Okay. Again, now if I'm gonna bring, we're gonna bring it in my in the, in his house. Then we're gonna talk. We're gonna talk truth to it. We're gonna talk truth to power. I've had in the last two years, including my brother. You know, my brother was the first one that I that I stood because again, I had to take myself out of the whole thing. Whole different mindset. I went from I went from grieving in eight hours to I got to handle business now. Mm-hmm. And brother Hicks, as he was talking right. to. I, my mom and my daddy can't do it. They grown. My mom and my daddy is the ones that I saw take care of us. Mm-hmm. I saw handle the business. But mm-hmm. now their only their youngest son has been taken away by one bullet wow. in the back of the head. Wow. And now I, the oldest son, got to sit here and I got to look at them and I look at my a grown man, now, mm-hmm. a man who I've seen never barely cry, break down and cry because he cannot see his son mm-hmm. because the crime scene. Mm-hmm. Not only can he cannot see his son, he wants to see him, but they said no, we, we can't allow that to happen. Now you got to start talking about I can't do this. I don't even know. I don't even know what's going on right now, son. I need you to take it. I got that problem. Mm-hmm. So now mm-hmm. I got to handle all of this this business. I got now not only handling the funeral now, you got to also handle the talking to the detectives. Mm-hmm. They, they got to come up and show come to the house, right. talk about the incident, talk about what happened. So you're dealing with all of that stuff, and you're dealing with all the other people coming around, you know, asking certain questions and all of that. You know, it's all those dynamics that play in the part. And again, if you ain't prepared, if you ain't ready for it, you know what I'm saying, you'll lose your mind. Mm-hmm. But see, here's another, here's a here's another dynamic that is surfacing. And it doesn't matter if you got the means to pay for it or not. After the police leave the family's house, the police come to the funeral home. And the mm-hmm. police tells the funeral home that, hey, uh, like they told us, once the community finds out where this young man is laying, don't be surprised if they come by and bust out all of the right. windows. Okay, we need to know the route what? to the church, to the cemetery that you're on. Mm-hmm. We are going to be in heavy presence mm-hmm. because the noise on the street is that's it. not over. Mm-hmm. So now you're in a funeral in a church where everybody is strapped that's up right. like the cat crash test dummy. Mm-hmm. Come on, what? Everybody's strapped up. Mm-hmm. You got you got police. Mm-hmm. You got undercover. You got all on the route, all in the church, and. You know, now now you have this element. They're at the cemetery. No. They're at the cemetery. And see, we're we, we we a mom and pop shop. I have my uh I have my wife here, I have my daughters here, you know, my grandkids are here, and I don't uh I don't claim no set. Mm-mm. So why right. am I in the middle of any set beef? Right. Come on, right, right. Wow. So the only choice you leave me is now I got to tell the family. You must now find another funeral home to perform these services because oh, doing a star mortuary will not provide services for you. We wow. find the situation to be too dangerous. Mm-hmm. Right. Now you have my other colleagues in this industry telling you the same thing. And the only thing you can say is, hey, I'm prepared. I got the money. Nobody wants your money because don't nobody want the violence that come along with it. Right. Wow. Exactly. Now what do you do? Mm. Mm. And watch this, brother Hicks. I, and I didn't even add to that. You know, I literally had to add. I had to add security. 
Exactly. Even though he wasn't, even though, I mean, no affiliation at all. Mm -hmm. I'm talking about, you know, everybody knows good, you know, whatever community, whatever the case was, mm -hmm. you know, you, you got to call, you got to, you know, call and Hey, um, Hey, Will, man, we want to call you. Cause um, there's talking about maybe possibly the funeral mm -hmm. because he wasn't the only one that was killed in that, in that shooting. And so I'm mm -hmm. like, what you, what you mean? I, I didn't, not, we're not expecting any violence to be, you know, mm -hmm. brought to this, this church or nothing like that. So literally, I literally had to hire five officers to be on, on, on guard. Mm -hmm. And see, that's, that's them that tells mm -hmm. you, that tell you, uh, I don't, I don't want to be buried in no church. I don't care nothing about the church. They mm -hmm. also don't care nothing about shooting it up. Right. Mm -hmm. All right. Right. So, so now, now, like, like I'm saying now, now we back to this point where, Okay, now you have no one that will bury your loved one. Right. Mm. Now what do you do? What do you do? Cremation. That's it. That's that's all you got is cremation. That's all you got. Direct you know, we, we know you're not gonna go shoot up the coroner's office, so we're gonna call the coroner's office when the, when the coroner's office tell us they're ready for uh Mr. Smith is ready to uh uh to yeah. be transferred. We're gonna transfer Mr. Smith from the coroner's office to the cremation. Directly, direct cremation. He's not even coming <laughs> to our facility. Past the funeral home. Yep. Not going straight to the cremation. And the next time you see uh, 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 your loved one, Mr. Smith, he will be in a box. But you, now, now, brother Hicks, let me ask y'all this because I know in the state of, state of South Carolina, mm -hmm. um, homicide, the actual state will pay like six thousand dollars towards that funeral. Now I don't okay. know how it works in Kansas, but just listening to that. Really? This hear that now, so homicide, homicide, and and most homicides that you know of young black men that are getting killed, you literally telling me you're paying to we, we getting paid to get killed because mm. it's all okay. business. Here's the thing, with that, that's called crimes victims. So yeah. in the state of Kansas, it's only five thousand dollars. So that's five thousand for the funeral and mm. for the burial. That's not enough to cover for the funeral and the burial. Right, because right. that's you yeah. Know, so the 5,000, what we tell our families is, hey, y'all gonna have to pay up front and then have crime victims reimburse y'all because I'm not waiting six months to get paid. Come on. And, and see, another thing with crimes victims, nah. crimes victims, it only pays out if you are the victim, the victim of a crime. Right. You wasn't participating you in can, the crime. You cannot have a felony. You can't have a felony. Um, you gotta be an innocent bystander. Yeah, we, uh, felony. We we have uh, we have yeah, most, people don't, most people don't know that you can't even get life insurance policy if you got a felony. Right. Shut up. Oh, I mean, you can't get life insurance. Oh, whoa, that's yeah. first. Wow, that's, that's, a new that's big. That's a whole nother topic. Whole nother topic. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Right. Oh, shit. yeah. So you better and, hope. Uh, <laughs> you better hope, Grandma, or Mama had got that ten thousand dollar policy on you when you was a baby. <laughs> ten thousand may not be enough to cover it. Right. Yeah. yeah, we don't wait on crimes victim for the six months or, or, or longer for crimes victim right. because uh, we don't own a casket company. Right. Uh, the ones that own the casket company, you know, right. hey, they like the mob. Uh, you got your product, pay me. Right, pay me. <laughs> right. <laughs> the family don't pay you, pay me. Pay me, right. You know, or else the next family, that's what the families don't realize. The family that walks through the door behind you is affected by your non-payment because now they can't get a casket on consignment. Now they have to pay up front for their casket. Right. 
Because now the casket company is telling us, no, we'll bring you a casket, but we're not taking it off the truck until we get a pay, until we get a check, and then call it in, verify the whole nine. So that's how you affect the family behind you. Wow. So we need our money up front so we can pay our vendors. So a lot of our vendors are like us. They're mom and pops. Yeah. They to be paid. So you don't, you don't die for free. You don't no, die for free. That's a good one. <laughs> yeah, yeah. But but at the same time, you don't live for free either. No, yes, sir. Yeah. Yeah. Yes, sir. You it's know. cost to it. It's Man, all, it's that's all crazy. But you know that absence is there though, and they might yeah. have said, and they're like, if I'm here, I'm gone. <laughs> right. I ain't right. Yeah. I, what I got, can't, what I, got. I can't take it with me. Yeah. Anyway. Yeah. yeah. Yeah, that, that's so selfish. It is. What you're telling me is that there's nobody behind that you love enough to want to take care of them. Right. Yeah. But see, we never learned that. We never learned that. Mm-hmm. And now race is such a struggle. It was, it was such a struggle. It was such a struggle to live for now. So you couldn't see down the line. You know mm-hmm. what I'm saying? It's like when I'm gone thinking, I can I could tell you, like, man, <laughs> man, I could I could tell you. Tell you back on the time when I was, when I thought the whole world was about me, all about mm-hmm. being in the street. Mm-hmm. Yeah, mm-hmm. was just about mm-hmm. me. Oh my god! That mm-hmm. stupidest, the stupidest. Now I look back, the stupidest thing that I used to do. Mm-hmm. I was like, oh yo, I'm gonna live and die from this. Yo, mm-hmm. this is what I'm gonna do. You know what I'm saying? Ain't nobody taking nothing from me. I'm gonna mm-hmm. die for this. And mm-hmm. I look at that stuff now. I'll be like, God. Damn. <laughs> well, he got me thinking. You know, I'm like, yeah. yeah. But yeah. if I would have died right then, I didn't know the burden that I would have left on my mother. Yeah. Right. Now, I'm telling you, my burden is, is, check this out. You know, I'm in Kansas, but my family's in South Carolina. So now, oh, if man. I didn't have the, I didn't have the policy. You know what I'm saying? Right. Nobody knew where the bread was at. Right. You know what I'm saying? My, You'd think my future was in my front pocket when you stopped me. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. So now you have the, the burden of my parents and my grandfather, I know my granddad would have made a way, but right. still the burden for, to get my body from Kansas, Kansas to South Carolina. all the way back to South Carolina. Yeah. Now see, let me stop you right there. Yeah. And let me stop you right there, y'all, because families do not understand that when it comes to shipping a loved one from one state to another, you have a funeral home that we, we are called the Fording Funeral Home. And then say for instance, South Carolina, that's yeah. gonna be the receiving funeral home. So you yeah. have a cost on Cops. my end and South Carolina yeah, end. So you got two cops. <laughs> now here's the thing. Are you all gonna have a church service here? And then we ship because now you're gonna have to purchase a casket. And now we have yeah. to have what we call an air tray. So there are logistics, you got airfare, yeah. or are mm-hmm. we just going to embalm the loved one, go ahead and ship in a combination unit, and y'all pick the casket on that end? And then have the service. Are you going to cremate on that end, or are you going to bury on that end? So there's a lot of logistics when it comes to yeah. You got to put this. You got to put yeah. You got to put this last this last hurrah together. There's a lot of logistics here. Mm-hmm. This is your last party. Don't you want it to mm-hmm. be a bang? Right. This mm-hmm. is your last party. And, and see, Jamel, what you was talking about about that, what you would die for. Yeah. You know, this, this is what I look 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 at, man. All of the big time people in those positions when we were out there in the late 80s and 90s we don't talk about them now we don't glorify them now mm, no interesting come on hicks we don't glorify them now 
and nobody in the streets are telling their story. You know, big big Rob that 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 ran the block, nineteen ninety two. Who's talking about him? Come on, yeah. And he could be at the cemetery. How many times you pass by there and you see a group at the cemetery at his headstone? Come on. Mm-hmm. So you know this ideal of being that that hood legend. You know, it's it, it's all a fairy tale. It's not it's not even real. Fantasy. Uh, but you know, to to a young man, seventeen. I'm seventeen, eighteen, nineteen. See, I had Scotty and them. They was good. For, I had good friends before I got to the street. Right. You know what I'm saying? Mm-hmm. I had good wholesome friends. You know, we got in this, we got into that, but we was friends. But when I got in the street, it was a whole different thing. Because mm-hmm. everything I thought was everything that I thought right now was a fantasy, but it was all reality. Yeah. Now these young dudes right now, they're in a bigger fantasy these days than I was in. Come on. Man. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. Because even though I was I was in the street, but I knew right from wrong. Right from wrong. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? So a lot of times that brought me back. You yeah. know what I'm saying? Well, maybe I shouldn't do that. Right. But now they think it, oh, it's right. Yeah. I was listening to something last night. My man said, well, what can I do? Can I go get some of the big chiefs to come and talk talk so we can get this together? He said, we don't want to hear nothing they got to say. They ain't in the streets no more. They don't have to worry about people shooting with them with lasers. Right. We have to, we don't have, we dodge bullets every day. And um, we'll kill them too. Mm-hmm. What? Mm-hmm. We That's what I that. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that's yeah. how they think, man. That's why I say I don't come with no sermon. I, I I can't I can't think of anything that I can tell you that you haven't already heard. Right. So that's not my approach. My approach is this: Hey, young man, you're going to hit my table. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. I promise you're gonna you're gonna hit my table. And judging by how many guns you have strapped to you and and, and easy access, sooner. Yeah. Come see me and let's pick out this casket. Yeah, mm-hmm. I don't need to tell you that what you're doing is right or wrong. That's mm-hmm. your judgment. But yeah. come pick this casket out. Because yeah. one thing I know is your mama and them don't know where your stash at. Mm-hmm. And even though you're gone and oh well, so well, your mama and them got to sit in front of me. Yeah. Come on. And they can't afford this. Mm. And you know you, you, down, you got the rims, you got the booming system. Hey, come pay for this booming casket. Mm-hmm. Come pay for this. And, and, and the thing is, you have to make a decision. Are you going to be buried? Because once you, if you're going to be buried, now you have to leave my funeral home and go into a whole different industry called the uh, cemetery, the, the, the burial, the uh, cemetery. That comes- that's a whole different entity. Cemeteries and funeral homes. That's two separate industries. Oh, no. Unless, unless, it's, unless the uh, funeral home own their own cemetery. Unless the funeral home own their own cemetery, and yeah. then that's still departmentalized. Come on. Right. 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 Still. So, so, so here, here in the Midwest, you know, after you get this seven, eight, nine thousand dollar bill from the uh, funeral home, you can go to the cemetery, mm-hmm. and it's it can cost you eighteen hundred to thirty five hundred on top of that. Mm-hmm. They throw dirt on you. Yep. Mm-hmm. Throw dirt on you. 
Yeah, because that's your tradition, tradition. to be buried. Yeah, yeah. and that's just the, that's just the bare minimum, right? A yeah. basis, right? Because let's start talking about the people that want to, you know, want to splurge and want to add <laughs> these amount of cars and these amount of flowers. I want to do this big for him. Okay, you know, you run up this bill. This bill about listen, we almost at twelve thousand right now. Matter of fact, thirteen. Right, <laughs> and it's well, it's it's always been true mm-hmm. that uh, in our community. Uh, the only time a black person get to ride in a limo is doing a funeral service. Right. Mm. So that's why we want to order and we want to ride through the community one last time. Mm. But hold hold on, right? Hold on. I got one more thing I want y'all to listen to while, while we go through this because it's hitting right on what we are now. here to put you at rest for some foolishness think that over man think it over i mean i don't know nobody that want to rush to a grave i don't i i just can't even see somebody trying to rush to get into a casket to be down down for what man think that over down for what and at the day when they put you in that ground and I've, and I've been to so many funerals. I've directed so many funerals. And after they eat that chicken and macaroni and cheese, get that Hennessy, smoke a little weed, you gone, man. Off to the next one, man. Everybody is profiting off of, off the death of young black people. Everybody's profiting from it. The medical examiner, the hospitals, and the hospital profit even more. Because why? Because when you get shot and they're trying to keep you alive, you ain't dead yet. They still keeping you alive by means of artificial, meaning that they can have a mechanical device on you keeping right. you alive, right? On the respirator, or you close to death, they harvesting your organs, taking your organs, man, your kidneys, right? Taking your heart, and your mother and father know nothing about that, right? But then they go sell your organs or put them right on the black market, should I say. So now your mother, who don't have money, think this over, think this over. Your mother, who don't even have money, to pay for your funeral, but yet your organs are so valuable that it's going over to somebody else on the market where they're paying $25,000 and $50,000 and your mother see nothing of that, right? Not only she lost her son, she now his organs is being distributed to other people where they cash it in on it, right? So you need to start thinking about this, man. Before you start going out here and talking about that you down with this set, down with that set, man, I'm telling you the real the real story is, man, you're going to end up in the funeral home. I'm telling you. And you probably say you ain't got nothing to live for. You got everything to live for, man. You got everything to live for. You got to understand that you matter. Just as the next man that may have an education, that may have a lot of money, and you may not attain that right now, you still matter, man. So many of our young brothers, nowadays sisters too, end up in the graveyard. So much potential. Gone, man. Mm-hmm. Some of the answers and cures that we need in our community, gone. Okay. See? And what we got to do, man, we got to start uniting and realize that, man, we are fighting for the resurrection, for the totality of our people. Mm. We got to understand that. We are fighting for our people, man, for our very existence here. Mm-hmm. Now, I'm tired as a funeral director. Now, I mean, I don't know why other funeral directors ain't stepping up. I mean, yes. I mean, you got to why other funeral directors ain't stepping up. Well, I'm the only one out there crying out in the, in the wilderness, man, trying to get you to see the reality, man. Huh? Well, I mean, well, I mean, well, I mean, do you, are you just that much in love and getting in the casket? Is you just that much in love with seeing how many people going to come to your funeral 
Are you just that much in love to see how many people going to sign a register book? Are you that much just in love to see how your prayer card and your program is? You must be a damn fool. You gotta be a fool, man. Because once you in that casket, you ain't getting out of it. It's, it's done. So what we gonna start doing? And we out in the it's over. It's over. It's over. Here's a question. Are we killing each other in our community? Any more than we already have been. I think. I think nowadays it's just more of it is seen on social media right. because everybody got to got to sensationalize. So it is ones that have black on black crime. There's no right, white right. on white crime. There's no Asian right. Asian crime. It's always just black on black crime. But the well, answer, well that's that's a um, that's a psychological tactic. Just like uh, when you play the cop killing the black person killing the unarmed black man in a loop on TV for two, three weeks straight. You know, we're going to, we're going to watch you kneel on this. We're going to play the whole full uh, 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 eight minutes of you kneeling on his neck. We're going to show you over and over again. The moment uh, the gunshot started with the, with, with the cops standing outside the window of the car and your hands up, we're just going to show that over and over and over again. Right. And, you know, so that's, that's psychological you know, black on black crime. If you think about it, crime is hap happens to people by where you at nine, nine times out of ten by somebody they know, yeah, by their family, <laughs> by somebody that lives net up the street from them, yeah. right around the corner from them. Boom. You know, so you say black on black crime, but you don't say white on white crime. Yes, it is. Yeah. White white people can't say white if, if white people was able to say. The majority of our of crime that is committed against white people are done so by black people. They would be exactly. Mm -hmm. You know they would say that. Yeah. It would be. Yeah. But see, they picked this study from the one of the universities and say, okay, black black on black crime is ninety three percent. Okay, here's my question: What? is the the percentage rate that is acceptable it should so, be none. <laughs> yeah but if 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 the person want to say well it should be 60 or it should be 50 or it should be 40 well i tell the white person that is quick to point out our numbers that that same study if you keep reading says that white folks is 87 percent white on white crime right yeah I got it right here in front of me. Right. So, 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 so if you're saying it should be uh, uh, below this number here, you're not below that number, but we are the only ones you point at. All of that's psychological. Psychological, yeah. yes, sir. Oh, and it, psychological war. Yeah. And if you if you look at it like this too, um, most of the, the um African American, the black neighborhoods has a a more high poverty level. Yeah, oh, yeah. you know what I'm saying? Yeah, poverty. It's like rats in a box. Yeah. You, you put enough food in the box, everybody gonna get along. Yeah. You start limiting the food you put in yeah. the box, uh -huh. the rats are gonna start fighting each other. Yeah. yeah, yeah. And you call that like proximity. Mm -hmm. You know, you could say black on black crime, but maybe for five or ten miles, I only thing I see is black people. Mm -hmm. Being right. Black the black black people ain't ain't going in droves. 
to the other side of town, right? <laughs> breaking in the houses mm-hmm. and all of that. We we wouldn't even get there because mm-hmm. the police job is to protect uh their That's property. Right. That's mm-hmm. right. Come on. That's right. So as long as we are practicing, and I call it practicing, if you rob a poor person, you ain't doing nothing but practicing. Yeah, right. That's our mission. What are you? What What are you about to do? That's gonna get you any further than than you are when you live next door to the person you stole. Mm-hmm. How much of a come up is that? Right. So, but I don't have no sermon for that. Hmm. All I have a sermon for is. You keep going to your neighbor's house, one day he's gonna shoot you. Come get your casket together. Come on, get it now. Yeah. Yeah. That's my sermon because yeah. you're not gonna tell me, well, I didn't know it was wrong to break in the neighbor's house. Oh, I ain't even trying to hear that. Come pick out your casket, pay for it. You know it. You know it. <laughs> no. Hey Scott, it's hard. Scott, it's hard out here, man. I gotta go over there and do that. What you gonna say to me? <laughs> Come pick out your casket. <laughs> Come pick out your casket. Come on. Come pick oh, out your man. Casket. Uh, that's what we're gonna call you now, man. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, man. Yeah. But but actually, you know how that hits. You know yeah. what I'm saying? How that mm-hmm. hits. Come that's, pick out your casket. That's man. something really to think about, mm-hmm. man. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And, and, and 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 the thing is, regardless if you in those streets or you the choir boy, or you the deacon, or you yeah. the preacher, yeah, come buddy. pick out your casket. Pick out your casket. Because I can actually pull open up some filing cabinets and show you some cases from stillborn to 95 years old. Everybody, I don't care who you are, you are going to come and see either me or my co- uh, colleagues. We are your last trip out. Yeah. No, I said I take that back. We the second to the last. Yeah. The last is going to be the cemetery or the or the cremation or the cemetery. Yep, but we we are the gatekeepers. We uh we prepare you for this journey. You know, may you journey well, but you gonna journey. I think the key word again is is preparation. You know, um, in the journey, like I said, we we gather information, but oftentimes, um, we are slow to to apply. And yes, this is yes, what you shared. Yes. You know, um, earlier, um. I think that's the focal point now. Like, look, prepare regardless. If you if you in the streets, come on, come come pick out your gas. Come bring the cash, you know, because I, I know you ain't got, um, you know, the insurance man coming by every week like my grandma <laughs> used to have. I mean, I saw he came by twice a week, every week. Oh man! Um, and she would tell me to go in her closet to get that pocketbook and that rock. No, 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 push back over that dress over there under there. Get that purse. Don't get the one on top in the left corner. Right, that's the one. Right. For, you know, for, for the insurance. Right. And so again, I think, um, like you said, that's, that's for every, everybody, because there's a weight on everybody. When again, I'm trying to grieve at the loss of somebody that I've been with on this earth right. for the amount of time, whether it be a short period of time, a long period of time, right. the fact is it still hurts. It ain't never mm-hmm. easy right. losing a loved one. Right. So, so now I got to then figure out how we're going to get this money. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and if you know, and again, you know, everybody talk, so everybody gonna know you ain't paid that bill. I ain't saying the funeral man ain't telling them because he ain't because he's he focused on working, but somebody don't find out y'all ain't had enough money. Cause you, right. you, you done told somebody right. Let's get around now, fast too. Come on, get around fast. Okay. So, right. 
So again, we don't have a payment. We don't have a payment plan. We need all money due forty eight hours before starting. Forty eight hours. We do not have. You got a payment plan for the pre planning. If you come, there you go. Come on, you can pay now while you live. Go ahead and put it on layaway. You know what I'm saying? Let's cover it. No, no, we gonna let you away. Yeah, we gonna put you away. Because and you can't get mad at them. No, you can't. You can't get mad at them because they because they did not, you know, do what you thought they were supposed to do because you ain't had your you paid up. And again, I'm, I'm just talking to you. You pay you pay the, you pay the white folk. Mm-hmm. Pay pay my pay my brothers down at, at the funeral home too. Mm-hmm. Make sure hey, they. Do. It's 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 amazing how you pull up to the funeral home and I I heard your system two blocks before you got here. <laughs> your rims are still spinning. Come on. Mm. Come but on. you're here asking me for a payment plan. Oh, pay, come on. Mm. You know, <laughs> and I don't I can't give you no payment plan because I have to put you in the position that I have to look at it from a position where okay, if I was here, what would I do? Do I feed my family? Right. This last two hundred dollars? Do I right. get some grocery? You know, the storm is coming. We're gonna be snowed in like we were here in Kansas City. You know, six right. eight inches of snow drop. Do I go get this grocery or do I take this money down here to the funeral? Yeah. You know, yeah. I, I'm gonna go get the grocery. Yeah. So I must assume you would do the same. Yeah. You know, because the the headstone is already set. Right. The casket ain't going nowhere. So mm-hmm. they can wait next month for this payment. I must assume you would do the same. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I'm aware. yeah. So mm-hmm. they can wait next month for this payment. Yeah. Mm-hmm. I mean, yeah. I, I you you I mean you you you're talking you're covering it. I mean it, it all like like literally you're you're talking about um even when we start talking about planting the seed, what what better way for me to leave something for my family, if I have kids, whatever the case is. I mean, the scripture talks about it. We should leave an inheritance for our children's children. I remember when I was in high school and I saw one of my classmates, colleagues, he was a white Caucasian brother. His dad had died. His dad died. And I Nick, by next week, he had a brand new Mustang. I, mm. And I was sitting here like, what the, what happened? Like, <laughs> yeah, what, yeah. you know what I'm saying? What, what I found out is that they, they prepare mm-hmm. for death. Mm-hmm. Yeah, they're preparing in life, but they also prepare in life to mm-hmm. death as well. Right. So I got to make sure I leave this $1.5 million policy, yeah. you know, for my family. Right. And again, some things that I found out is sometimes what we're investing in, we're putting too much in and not, not getting enough out of it. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. You know? Mm-hmm. They, go ahead. Go ahead, brother. You, brother. Yeah. you know something, Pastor? Uh-huh. We have been conditioned, yeah, uh, to go to church and hear the word. Mm-hmm. If we was taught to go and listen, what we would find out is that the word has direction. Everything. Yep. Yeah. The word gives you direction. Mm-hmm. All you have to do is follow the directions. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Only thing we do is listen to the word because <laughs> we can recite the word all day. Life that we live is not a reflection of following the directions. Exactly. You know, um, what, one of one of the frustrations I have is when a pastor accompanies a family to the funeral home mm-hmm. and then asks the funeral home for a discount. 
Oh, what? And it's like, Pastor, how come you have not had me in your church to put in front of your entire congregation all of these different policies? I'm not, I'm not beholden to any insurance. Mm-hmm. Right. And the insurance companies know, hey, I put in front of my families what you know, a choice. Mm-hmm. And because I, I leave the power of uh, 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 the spending power in the hands of the consumer. Mm-hmm. This is your money. Don't yeah. let me tell you how to spend your money. Mm-hmm. I, just let me give you some options. Let me show you what you can do. Right. So, pastors, bring me into your funeral home. Your church. Uh, into your church. Because one, one, one of the things this does is it keeps your congregation from coming to you, the pastor, and asking for help for, for funeral service. And well, we know, and, and I understand the church said we're not a lending institution, mm-hmm. but pastor, if the church won't lend your own congregant money to pay for this funeral service, why are you asking me to do it? Absolutely. Now, again, I'm, I'm, hey, bro, you you right 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 on in this direction over here, and I'm not just saying this to sound good, but I guess a, a, a lot of times that's why I get shunned upon, um, at times because that's what I that's what I teach, mm-hmm. as relates to you know, preparation and preparing. Mm-hmm. Like, look, we're going to have, we're going to give you the information, but we're going to have these people come and you can either make a choice of what particular policy that's going to be beneficial to you. Mm-hmm. And I prefer, if you don't have enough, I prefer you to choose this policy mm-hmm. that's going to take care of your, all your funeral expenses. Mm-hmm. Right. Yes. And everything else from there. It's yeah. been a whole different d- dynamic with changing perspective. Again, yeah. you, you like you said, they want to hear the words. They want to hear the hoop. I want, I need some yelling in my life. Well, you've been yelled at too long. Yeah, you need to listen to what the scripture is saying. Right. The scripture is telling you how to actually financially plan for your future right here. He's right. telling you that if I give you these finances, <laughs> if I give you, what are you gonna do? Even if I give you one, what are you gonna do with it? I don't need you to bury it, but I need for you to take it and invest it and put it in something that's gonna allow it to mature and to multiply. Mm-hmm. And, so, and so so again, we're I'm at I'm at this place. I don't know about too many others. I'm at this place. If they're not doing that, again, I want my people to be better. I want my people to come up. You understand what I'm saying? Mm-hmm. And so we can do it together. One thing that I've known from them, you listen, they if if they're gonna support each other regardless. And one one thing I know about one of um, their, their churches, their churches have in some of their clauses where they will pay for a percentage of, of life insurance policy for their members. Okay. So the church will get a portion and their mm. family will get another get another portion. Mm-hmm. Now, one thing I'm not going to do, now I'll see what I can do to, to assist because at the end of the day, I believe everybody needs a helping hand. Yeah. But when I know it's a continuous, a continuous habitual thing, no, you got a problem. We need to sit down and talk. Mm-hmm. Well, yeah, there's a problem with personal responsibility yeah. thing. Right. So okay. we're going to sit down and talk and we're going to point you in the right direction. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Okay, that's what we're going to do. All right. So mm-hmm. when we start talking about responsibility, then we start talking about on the on the forefront of now we got to make sure that we we put uh we're gonna teach it, uh-huh. we're gonna talk about it. Uh-huh. I'm incorporating my in my sermons. Right. You understand what I'm saying? Uh-huh. In the message, uh-huh. that way that you can understand, and, and we got somebody that can come. Right. I got too many agents that reach out to me on a day-to-day basis saying, Hey, Pastor, you know, you got any people that I can talk to that needs that needs life insurance because right. things are important. It ain't good enough for grandma to just be prepared. Right. Like I said, my, my grandma had her stuff laid out to the T. Right. She made sure she paid the matriarch. You understand what I'm saying? Uh-huh. She made sure everybody had a policy. She made. I'm talking about from the from the children to the grandchildren. Uh-huh. 
Then mm-hmm. in the same retrospect, she made sure again that her the, the funeral, like they said, the whole all the paper, the past it was picked out, the funeral outline was was already mm-hmm. written out. Um where she was going to be buried by who she was going to be buried by huh. all of that stuff was already pointed out. And then again, I'm talking about two weeks before she actually transitioned, she writes a letter. I'm, you know, she, I mean, you know, I spiritually, I just got this sense about certain things that some people I believe just kind of know, you know, there's a sense of, of a feeling right. uh, of urge, but she was on that couch. I mean, for, for, for a couple of weeks, she didn't talk. She didn't say anything, but on this particular one week, one day I went by there, she was on the couch. She had papers and bills on the couch and she was just quiet, putting things to the side. I, I was saying that she was putting things in order. Mm-hmm. Yeah. She started, uh, then she started she that. wrote this letter and she wrote she wrote it and i'm talking about tj to my dear children and grandchildren and great-grandchildren i love y'all so much wow i'm getting ready to leave but mm. i want you all to make sure that you all stay together mm. oh. i've broken down this policy at my funerals i did all of this and i got this amount left she said there's another policy whatever that amount is i want y'all to make sure y'all split it I don't care if it's 10 cents. Y'all better split that down to the last penny. You take care of yourselves and I'll, and hopefully I'll see you again. Yes, ma'am. <laughs> we call her the Queen Bee, Dorothy right. Lee McCoy. Yes, she, sir. She continued. She, she, she was the matriarch throughout, still making sure everything is done. You know, our, our thing is, man, uh, we have to have the conversation. Yeah, yeah. You know, if it ain't nothing but 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 go home and and gather your family around and actually sit down and have a conversation about this. Yeah, because it's going to hit every household. Right. Death, death, you know, we 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 clean up after death. You know, we come in behind death and 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 get a celebration together on a life well lived. Have the conversation. Yeah. And 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 after you have the conversation, you have to put action in motion. That's yeah. it. Action you know, in motion. You have to. You know, we could we could we could sit here and talk about it forever. You know, that's that's one of the reasons why whenever you see something, especially that plagues our neighborhood, we always want to sit down and have a conversation, but we never get up and put action in motion. Come on. You can it is your it is your actions that testify the for against your word. Before I can call your word a lie, I must first get confirmation from your action. So you mm. have to put action in motion. You know, now that we talking only bring us brings about an awareness. That's it. Now and, and within that awareness, you 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 come up with solutions and, and directions. It's not a one one size fit all. It's hey, making change. Make a change. If if one solution changes one person. Then it's successful. Come up with another one and keep going. Keep going. So, uh, and and we have to. That's all we're trying to do is 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 bring this to the forefront, bring it to the table, bring it to the discussion. Because we we have so many families that come and sit down before us when they need our services, and it is just overwhelming for them to take care. Or try to even wrap their mind around the business side in the in, in the midst of grieving, because you have some people that sit at the other end of the table, and the only look they have on their face is trying to figure out how they're going to make it to tomorrow with the person in the back no longer 
making the decisions. Yeah, yeah. So anything you anything you say sounds like that teacher off of Charlie Brown. Wah, wah, wah. Mm-hmm. Here. And there are used car salesmen in this industry. Every funeral director you front of them <laughs> not looking after your best interests, do not have any compassion, right. you know, have an attitude that's void of any compassion for what you're going through. Right. We have a thing here at Northern Star. I tell my people, hey, you uh you got a knucklehead you dealing with at the house. I understand that. I got kids of my own. You and your you and your 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 spouse bumping heads. Oh Lord, do I understand that? I'm married to an alpha female and she's married to an alpha male. <laughs> and, um, you know, compromise is the best. Real talk. <laughs> uh, sometimes compromise come hidden in, in the form of we're gonna do this my way. So I understand. So if you are dealing with any of those things, please let me know. That way I can put somebody else in front of this family because this family is trying to pick out a casket for a loved one and they are not trying to hear nothing about what you're going through. Mm -hmm. It's it's one discipline that we have to keep because we uh, we can be bumping heads and then all of a sudden we get a phone call where we have to sit side by side and we have to turn our focus towards serving this family and serving the community. Mm-hmm. And um, it, it, it's, it's a delicate dance, but that family cannot see any friction between us. Exactly. They can because they're relying on us to guide them while their mind is all over the place, right? Mm-hmm. All over the place. That's and you have, to, you have to be tuned to that. And you, you know, and that just come with being passionate and compassionate about what you do. Our, our five pillars, principles. Okay. Sorry, four uh, uh, principles that we um, that we're governed by here at Northern Star. One is knowledge. The other is uh, passion. The other is compassion. The other is faith. And we work under those principles. Knowledge, each one, teach one. Keep learning in this industry. Keep enhancing your own knowledge in this ever-changing industry and feed that what you learn to the community. Passionate about the work you do. If you do not come in here and you are passionate about putting your hands on this loved one, if you're not going to treat this loved one like she's your own grandmother or grandfather or son or daughter, I don't need you in here. That's good. And compassion about your community. You are feeding the community. The only thing you put out in the community is 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 positive energy. You know, you you've mentioned preparation a lot. You know, it's proper preparation produces positive pro- productivity. Yeah, that's what that's what you lead with, and faith. You know, a, a, a belief in that which is unseen, unheard, yet to come. You know, faith in your own ability to 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 master the time and space you in and to do something positive with that. You know, that's what we push. And now we're just trying to get the attention of the community and say, hey, y'all need to come get, pick out y'all casket. Got the casket. <laughs> y'all need to come <laughs> pick out 
That's, that's the word right there. Y'all need to come pick out your casket. If anybody in the community think, nah, I don't need to go pick out my casket, you're wrong. Mm. Because ain't no nobody in the community can stand up and say, oh, I've never been to a funeral. Yes, you have. Yes, you have. Yo, your auntie, your uncle, your friend, your cousin, somebody in your family has passed away. You know death. Yeah. It's time to pay attention to that. And we all know in our community, everybody ain't walking around healthy. No, sir. No. We ain't supposed to child health. It's it's hard to get us to go to the doctor, right? Especially us men. Yes, sir. Trust you me. know, so go go come pick out your cast. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yes, That's the one thing promised to you. Yes. That's the yes, one thing coming this way. Things promised to you. Hey. And and I I, I really want the. I really want the pastors to see the power that they have. You stand in front of hundreds to two hundreds, three, four, five hundred people out of the community every Sunday. And the churches are not in a position to bury one or two church members a month. Mm-hmm. For some churches, that's the entire budget. When you are looking at uh seven, eight, nine, ten thousand dollar funeral services, right. you got two. Here, that's twenty thousand a month. That's your whole church. I mean, that that can bankrupt some churches. Understand that. Come talk to us. Have us in here to talk to them. Mm-hmm. You know, we're not here to rob, cheat, or steal from anybody. I don't. I don't have to do that in order to to make a living. I just don't. You know. Um, let us let us show the community. Give them information that is not just running through the community you know a, a lot of a lot of problems we have a lot of positions that we are in is just because we don't have the information you know we had the information you know a different turnout oh my god man different turnout oh my god way well, hey. <laughs> it's good man man that was good man Scotty Hicks. Scotty Hicks. and hey hey Jabelle. Hey, what's up I got my wife sitting here, man. <laughs> hey, Scotty, that would that man. I appreciate it, man. Absolutely, I appreciate it. Um, it's good. It's good stuff, man. You never know. Never know. How life is gonna turn out. Mm-hmm. Yes, sir. Yes, sir. Yes, sir. Yo, I always loved you, little bro. Yeah, <laughs> check this out, now. Scotty was a, a great DJ oh, really? back in the day. Right on. Did he tell you that, DJ Scotty? Yeah. yeah. Scotty uh, went with me on my first job. I don't think he remembered, but he went with me on my first job. Wow. My first, I told y'all I was a DJ. I had, two, I had um, three good shows, right? <laughs> and you know, I ain't have a lot of albums. I know he don't remember this, but he had a lot of albums, right? Mm-hmm. So he let me borrow some of the albums. I remember he had just got that fight to power by Public Enemy. Uh- <laughs> <laughs> so wow. he hooked me up, let me go, right? But every time uh, the kids was getting off the floor, I put fight the power on back on. <laughs> yo, he don't remember this right on my mixer. I don't know if he gave me that new Mark mixer or not. He was like, yo, when the song come in, just pat your foot to the beat. You don't remember that, Scotty. And that's how you, when your foot pat with the beat that's about to come on, that's how you blend transition. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Wow. yeah. yeah. Shout out to you. I was listening. Yeah. <laughs> okay. And I always remember that, man. Shut yeah, up, man. Hey, hey, man. We had fun, brother. We really did. Hey, and y'all were young. Get we was in high school. He was big. 
Oh wow. Strumped on him straight up. Hey, ain't want to mess with him. He had man. the juice. He had the juice. Yeah. Hey yo. <laughs> I think I was like I was the youngest one in the crew. I then was big, man. Wow. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. I ain't had to worry about nothing. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Well, yeah. I ain't never started nothing. Mm-hmm. The only thing is when they got into it, I was with the other dudes, I was always the smallest person. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. yeah. Hey, hey, but but I had that kryptonite at, at the house, man. Oh yeah, called a full time father and oh, it's oh yo, we ain't going to the house too much. Really? Oh, this father wasn't having it, man. Hey, if Scotty got a beating, y'all was gonna get a beating too, man. Hey, oh, you know not no, you can't act up over there. We'll go over here to Max House. Max live in the other house. Scotty in house, man. That's what we need, though. But but yo, look at him now. Yeah, that's what we need. That's Scotty Jr. right there. Yeah, that's what we need. Yeah. You know, we, know, hey, we know not to act up nowhere near Scotty House, man. Straight mm. up. Yeah, you end up you end up with my father, man, wait, uh uh spending your whole day sitting there listening to one of them two hour lectures, you know, <laughs> on, on, on how important it is for you to be a black man. You know? Wow. <laughs> man. That's it. Yeah. But we're gonna wrap this up, man. You I started out, this. man. Hey man, you started out strong. Yeah, man. But you know, there's so many things we could talk about. Just going into things that we talk about, yeah, talked about right now. I think there's a part two to this, yeah. So we're gonna have to call you back, man. Anytime, man. Anytime, yeah. And I, I just like to thank you, man. Salute, thank you, Chief. Yeah, I, and Queen, thank you, Chief. yeah. Queen, both of them. Hey, yeah. man, appreciate y'all. Yeah, we're gonna have to make a clip of what she, what she put down. Yeah, I don't I know, I don't know no people in Kansas. Stand up, man. Like, well, she, she said, I, get, I ain't got no room to stand up. Let me show you how you <laughs> fillet yeah. open. Let me show you how you fillet open. <laughs> I had some people in Kansas. I said, I know. Hey, y'all going over there to Northern, Northern Star. Northern yeah. Star. Yeah. Yes, sir. Come pick yeah, out married to the Undertaker. Go to Northern Star and pick out your casket. That's going to stick with me right there. Come pick out. That's strong, man. Hey, that's what you tell Tell the yeah. kids that we can tell the kids that you go, go ahead, go, go ahead, keep, go keep doing there. that. We'll go, pick out your casket. Keep acting up. Go pick your casket up. Don't you go out next week and pick out your casket. Well, you need to go pick out your casket right, right now, now, boy. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> That's heavy. That's strong right there. Well, hey man, we out of here. Anytime y'all want to come back, well, I'll probably be calling, but anytime y'all want to come back, man, you always welcome over here. Thank Absolutely. Thank you. We out of here. Yes, sir. All right. Bless. All right. Open your ears and listen, direction for your ambitions. New narrative, this the community coalition. Jumel, Corey, and Dory here for the intervention. We've been letting it slide for too long. He on not no more slipping. Unity in the communities is how we rise up. Empowerment itself, knowledge as well. Let's wise up. No more fighting as individuals. We municipal. Change the podcast. It's a podcast to listen to. You got a vision. We got a vision. Let's make it visible. Damn, Say we got a 